Every author obsesses over one single date, the day their book gets published, their pub date. All those rigorous edits and deadlines leading up to that one infamous day when the book and author has been living, breathing, and conceiving for years is launched into the world. This is a show about pub dates, a place where we delve into the story behind the story of how a book comes to market. I'm your host, Allison Trowbridge. I'm an author myself and the founder CEO of Copper, a platform that connects authors and readers around books. So welcome to our pub date. Pull up a chair and grab yourself a libation. We may not be in a pub, but we'll definitely be raising a glass in celebration. Tina, welcome to the Pub Date Podcast. Happy Pub Date. Oh, thank you, Ali. I'm so excited to be chatting with you and, of course, excited for this Pub Date. Oh, my goodness. So Tina is a phenomenal author, not only of adult books about reaching young people in your audience, but you actually write to young people as well. And this is our first young girls book that's on Pub Date. I'm so excited for you to tell us about it. What's coming out? What's hitting the shelves? Yes. So this book is the fourth book in my series, The Z Files, which is currently exclusive to Target. And the book is called A Very Malibu Vacay. (laughs) Sounds like something (laughs) we all need right now. We totally do. But, you know, in in this tween world, I'm excited about this book because The Z Files is a spinoff of a tween series I launched back in 2009 called Mackenzie Blue. And in that series, my main character, Z, is living in Southern California. And in the spinoff, she's been living in London and going to boarding school in the Cotswolds. So it's her first trip back home. And she's kind of reuniting with characters from the original series. And we have all these new characters now. So it's just even more fun because it feels like a big reunion. Oh my gosh, I love it. So tell us a little bit about your background because I love how you think about audience. And I would love for our listeners to kind of hear a little bit of your story of how you got into the book space and writing the Z Files and Mackenzie Blue. As you might know, I spent the majority of my career, almost 25 years in marketing. I started an agency when I was a teenager, ran that agency for almost 25 years. Which I just love that. You started an agency (laughs) as a teenager that you ran for 25 years. That's amazing. Which was completely by accident. I mean, literally, I wanted to be a fashion editor. I wanted to be a writer. I got my degree in journalism. And so writing is that thread throughout my career and just coming up with these big ideas. But I ended up doing my first series because I was doing marketing for a publisher. And they said, you should be writing books. You should be doing what this company Alloy is doing. And for those of you who don't know, you know, back in the day, Alloy Media and Marketing was, you know, one of the top, if not the biggest youth marketing agency. My agency was in the top three with another agency called MRY or Mr. Youth. And so we were kind of the ones doing this cool marketing. And Alloy had pivoted into creating uh, very well-known brands now, like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Gossip Girl, Roswell. Wow. So they had really been the pioneers in taking all of this really cool, like all the intel they had about this younger consumer and translating that into media. And so I did not have the time to do that. And it took a little bit more prodding, but I finally sat down, wrote a treatment that became Mackenzie Blue, and, and the rest is sort of history. Wow. And I just love that you came at it from an audience perspective. Like, what were the the things that 
you started thinking about your audience that led to the book series and specifically for this book that's launching, how do you think about audience and who the reader is? Oh yeah, always, always, always audience and reader first is my perspective. I know there are a lot of writers that are like, I need to tell this story. I always start from the perspective of, I need to create content that's going to resonate with with my tween reader right now. You know, And so when I started with Mackenzie Blue, it was the idea I had to teach really strong values of like female friendship to girls. And it was at the time when Gossip Girl was doing so well, which was you know great for us in our 20s to look back and think about this fabulous life. But if you were 10 or 11, was it how you wanted to learn about values? Probably not, right? And not what your parents wanted. And so (laughs) I thought about how do you make something cool and how do you create this cool girl with great values? And those of us who grew up in the, in the nineties, we, we had that, right? Like we had Ramona and then we had, you know, Laura Winslow and Blossom. We had all these really smart girls on TV. And so I thought about that. And then I really started to think about the at-risk reader. And you hear a lot about like, do kids really read? Of course they do, but it's our mm-hmm. job to make the the materials entertaining as possible. And we are competing with video games and devices, but you know, I have moms write me all the time and say, my daughter read your book in one day. And you know, this book was done in two days. And so, you know, I really value creating, you know, that feedback around creating these worlds that tweens can kind of lose themselves in that feel healthy and safe, yet really, really fun for that tween. Mm, I love that. And and when you think about the the audience and the marketing piece, especially writing for a younger reader, how much do you factor in the parent and kind of the parent's journey in finding and discovering the content as well? You know, back from my marketing days, we used to call it the four-legged consumer, which is this <laughs> idea that like mom and tween are just, in, or dad these days, especially dads yeah. and tweens, like that parent, they, they come together with the tween. And so I always say, I want to write material that the parents feel comfortable leaving the tween reading the book without any supervision, right? I want it to feel mm. totally safe. And so that does mean that as I'm creating, I put a lot of boundaries around the material and what we will and won't talk about what we will. You know, I was just working on a new book and a new series that's not been announced yet. And as I was doing the, the revisions, you know, I work with writing partners across all my projects. I like have notes all over, like they don't have boyfriends, no boyfriends, only crushes. <laughs> like there's no dating. They can't go I anywhere. Like this is not <laughs> realistic. Like we are changing this. <laughs> it's really funny. And then there were parents that were like, we think you can date. I was like, no parent of a 12. This is not a realistic conversation. We're, we're changing this right now. So that's amazing. Uh, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of like, you know, it's, it reminds me so much of the marketing days of like the brand will do this. The brand will never do that. You know, I think it's important that I want to kind of have a style of brand where parents know what they're getting and they feel very comfortable with that. Yeah. And, and I think it's so interesting too, that you you've done this as a series too, which is a totally different type of writing probably than just writing a fictional book. Like, how do you think about, because, and there's more books still to come after this one, right? Oh, yes. Yes. So I, the books I love the most growing up were always series. So I was big mm-hmm. into Fear Street, Goosebumps, obviously, but then the older Fear Street, Sweet Valley Twins, Sweet Valley High. And I loved just reading about the same characters in a new adventure over and over again. They really started to feel like they were my friends. And I, I feel like with Z you know, I'll write as many adventures as I'm, I'm, you know, able to write for her because it's all about the stage of being a girl where there, you know, if you talk to a tween, how many different books could you come up with out of 
one conversation about what happened in the last week of their life, you know? And so I think there's always just more to the story of where my characters can go and and what life is like for them. And so, yeah, I love writing series because I feel like there's always a little bit more and, and I like always having the next chapter. Yeah. Do you ever think about like multimedia? Like, do you write in a way that could be adapted for television someday or film? Or is this just meant to be book series? How, how do you think in that regard? Yes. So definitely with, with my marketing hat on, I always create for TV, film, merchandising, social mm. networking, possible, like all of that from day one, as I start to create and layer in these brands and, and, and they are brands, you know, I really, when I look at the logos for the books, all of these things, you know, with my background, I am really looking at like, can this logo show up, you know, on a makeup bag or, or you know, yeah. a, a, you know, a gym bag or something like I'm always thinking about where does this go? And it's not just a book logo, it's a brand logo. And, you know, sometimes I get to have more say sometimes I don't, you know, with the Z files, I was able to bring in my designer and work with my designer and bring in all of the illustrators that we partnered with. And, you know, for the Z files, we went with like different illustrators per book because I wanted to elevate it, you know, illustrators of color and really give them that opportunity to, you know, for some of them, it's their first book ever. And it was, you know, done Mm -hmm. in a partnership with Target. And so all of that is very thought out from my perspective as to, you know, how that helps us grow the brand. So good. Okay. Let's talk about Target for a second, because I think this is something that our listeners will find really fascinating. So you did this book series actually as an exclusive with Target. So the the only place you can get the Z files is in Target, which is so amazing. How did that come about? <laughs> How has that played out? What is that like? Yeah. So we had been in, in talks for probably about a year about what could be possible. And then just a few years ago, Audible had actually acquired the audio rights to Mackenzie Blue. And I'd never you know, I hadn't sold those rights in many, many years. This is like over, I mean, this is like 12 years, 10 years after the first book was published. And so I went back to Target and said, okay, like now there's some movement. And I think at first we thought maybe the move was going to be to just continue Mackenzie Blue, which had five books in that series. And then I, I said, well, you know what? I've been working on a TV concept with Z a little bit older. I want to explore this consumer, or I would think it's like upper middle grade, right? So not traditional seven to 12, but what if we went a little bit older and we thought maybe nine to 13? What do you guys think about that? And the more we talked, we realized like, okay, we want to do this and we want to do it fast. And if you know anything about tween books or just books in general on the fiction side, things don't always happen fast. And, <laughs> you know, we were given a really unique opportunity last year during the pandemic. I got a call one day, like, if you can get a book to us in eight weeks, uh, this was in April, you know, which meant I had to get it done by end of June, I believe. It was on shelves December 1st. And so if you think about how crazy quick that timeline is, you know, we were able to do it because of the partnerships that were put in place. But, you know, obviously... Target was a, was a big piece of that. And then, you know, going into that exclusive, the books live exclusively for, you know, about a year there and then they can go wide. But it, it's just a great way for me to kind of have, you know, this partnership and know that we're going to have great placement and, you know, be with some of the, just the best 
between books on the market and, you know, have coverage in the circular and all those things that are really great about having an exclusive at Target. Wow. I love it. It's not something you hear about very often. And it's such a cool thing as a just, I don't know, as a fellow author to even to know that that's possible. What has it been like just as far as marketing goes and reaching your reader and being discoverable by them? What does that look like for you with this with this book launch? Like, how have you thought about the marketing side of it? Being that that's your background. Yes. You know, when, when you get coverage in the Target Circular, I mean, it's, I'm so grateful for that because you're, you're reaching 40 million homes, you know? And mm. so I remember with Z's launch, you know, we had a back cover of a circular. We, we've had some just incredible placement for every single book throughout the year. In fact, we'll be in Sunday Circular. You know, this is, you know, launch week, we always get a really great piece. And so I think being able to reach a new audience has been great with Target. And then I think what we are really thinking about now for the future is what does it look like to grow Z's fan base and to grow, you know, that that group of tweens who love Z in a bigger way? You know, do we do it through a newsletter? Like what's really going to be the way to reach all of these tweens where they are? You know, I'm very TikTok shy, but I've been like told <laughs> already, I better get it together. <laughs> I will tell you, I, oh my, this is very embarrassing. So I go to post something on TikTok and it all goes well. And I'm like, yay, I made it happen. And then I realized that I have posted on my niece's TikTok and that at some oh, point no. she logged into TikTok on my phone and I went to her like, I'm so sorry. I posted on your TikTok. I don't know how this happened. She's like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What did you That's do? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it's how, I thought I had a TikTok and it, apparently no, it was like her TikTok on my phone. It was very fun. That's then of amazing. course my sister's like, wait, she has TikTok. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Now I'm like, not only did I post on your TikTok, I've now told your mom that you are on TikTok. This is Busted. not good. Busted. <laughs> Remind me, how old is your niece? Uh, Phoebe's 12. So Okay. So she is kind of your target reader a bit. It's funny. She plays like she's not interested, but then she'll tell me like, oh yeah, I saw, you know, I saw a kid at school reading your book anyway, you know, so she'll no definitely way. say, yes, it's, it's like making its way around Maryland. So she'll tell me like, oh yeah, so-and-so loves your book anyway. <laughs> ah, it's too cool. Too cool. Yes, way too cool. Oh my gosh. So, Tina, one of the things that I just, I so love is that you went from, because you've previously written nonfiction for adults Mm -hmm. as well. And then to go from that to, I have a dream of writing a fiction book someday. I've tinkered on it, have miles to go. But, like, how do you approach writing fiction differently? And how do you think about? character development and how was that process different than writing nonfiction? And then what advice would you give to someone listening to this, like myself, who wants to to get into writing fiction books and kind of where to begin in that process? It's an interesting question because they're very different. And I was working with a client who's working on this like massive fiction project. And I was like, wow, we're all over the place with all of this. And I think I need to like make you a guide. And I created this guide and it worked really well. And then I decided I'm just going to make this free tool and give it to anybody that asks me how to do this, which will be on my website, which is relaunching 
uh, in a few days. So I will say first, what I'm talking about will be free. So I always start with like, who is the main character and then build a world around her. And I, I write, you know, young female characters. And so then I start to build in all the necessary pieces to keep the story going just beyond one book. Mm. And then I think, you know, think very much about where we're based, you know, with Z, she was based in Southern California, but she very deliberately had red hair and blue eyes because I wanted her to feel like I'm not the, what you think of as the typical California girl. Now in the Z files, we explore, you know, that she's biracial, multiracial and what her family is like. But, you know, fiction writing for me is very, very character based, very character driven. And then it's driven by outside factors of like what's going on in the world. You know, in the Z files, you know, we, through the first few books, work towards a diagnosis with Z of ADHD. And we talk about that process mm. For her, we show her process with the therapist. You know, she is very imaginative, very creative, and she's now in this very structured school situation in the UK that's really different than California. So we kind of go through all of that. We're in Honest June, um, a new series I have. June's about a girl who can't tell a lie. Mm-hmm. And how she survives middle school not being able to lie. And she actually has a fairy godmother. Mm. And she's like her first <laughs> kind of like, you know, I wouldn't even say client, but like June's the first girl that she's kind of shepherded. And she's like not the best fairy godmother. She's very funny. But they're also like, like we're ta- I talk about June's anxiety. So the focus is, you know, I find tweens are more anxious and dealing with a lot of situations these days, a lot of parental expectations. And so we explore that. In my nonfiction work, that is about, you know, what do I want to get across to the audience? And then that is very much driven by my outlining process in a different way. You know, what's the con- the core concept? You know, most of my concepts will have like three to four steps and then we'll go through those steps and we'll break that down. And so, you know, I remember writing Chasing Youth Culture and Getting It Right in, I was like literally locked myself in a hotel and wrote that book in like seven days because I wow. had been getting help along the way and piecing things together. And it just got down to the wire of like, it wasn't coming together and I had to get in there and crush it. And I'm about to start work on another nonfiction book that's going to be focused on teaching people how to bring their creative ideas to life. You know, just like, Mm. okay, hey, I've got 18 books now. How do I help you birth your big creative project? And so, you know, I've already written the outline and it's very, it's a lot more regimented than the fiction. The fiction side is driven by characters, how they feel, what they look like, Pinterest boards of like, Mm -hmm. I really design like what the characters are wearing, hair color, eye color, all of that. I do all of that. And then get to the first story where, you know, nonfiction is a little straightforward. I love the idea of using a Pinterest board to think about a character. I'd never thought about that before. Oh, yes. Where they live, what their house looks like. There's lots of pinning involved. And it's great because I always bring writers into my projects. And so I can say, here's every, like, here's everything to get started. And now, you know, here's the synopsis for the first three to four books. Now, what do you think? You know, how do we start to layer in all the other elements that make a great book. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so neat. I I can't believe that you have another book that you're working on. Again, knowing that there are aspiring authors listening to this, how do you just keep yourself motivated? You have so many projects in flight right now. Like any advice for just getting it done, getting words on paper, Like, how do you get all of these projects across the finish line? It's funny. I think it's the thing that I value most from running an agency is, you know, I think about how many clients we had at one point in the agency, how many things could be on a to-do list. And I, I would always give my schedule a glance for the week and know what the highlights were going to be. Like, what do I have to be prepared for? 
And then I have always had a philosophy of focusing on the day Mm. and just saying, what do I need to get done today? Because I, I don't know if everyone's this way, but I can give myself a lot of anxiety by thinking about like, and three months from now, this yeah. has to be done. And then, th- and I'm like, I can't do anything about that today. And it's going to do nothing but create a lot of anxiety, but I can get through today's to-do list. And I need to be really on top of showing up for this recording or doing this or answering this interview. And so, you know, I've always lived by my, my calendar, even in college, when I was running the agency, my friends would laugh. I had three versions of my calendar. So I knew my school commitments, my friend commitments, my work commitments, right? And so I, I've always managed that way, but I can't like, I can't look at five weeks and try to say, and these are all like, I'm just focused on the week ahead. Yeah. What do I need to do the next week? What do I have to do today? Mm, That's so good. My mom always quotes this line of just do the next right thing. Stop thinking (laughs) about the big picture. Just do the next right thing. Break it down into small pieces. Yes. I pretty much live by that line. You know, when, especially when I'm like, I don't really know how to solve this whole thing. It's like, we'll just do the next right thing. And then that'll lead you to the next right thing. Yeah. Yeah. So pub date today, when you think about this book getting in the hands of readers, what makes you the most excited about imagining that young girl putting your book down and how she feels after? What what lights you up about that? I think it's just such a fun read. You know, it's the idea that they've gone on holiday. There's a little break from school. And I think uh, so many tweens can relate to the upcoming holidays, you know, and just spending time with family seeing old friends. And so I think seeing a character they've now grown to know in a totally different way over the last three books, you know, now showing up back at home in a place where, you know, she's excited, but also a little unsure of, you know, what might happen. You know, I think they can relate to those feelings, but I just think the fun of like, you know, the holidays and what that means is, is what I hope they take away from the book. Mm, So great. Well, I just love everything you're up to, everything you're doing. I'm so excited for this book and the next, gosh, three books that are going to (laughs) come out that you have in the pipeline right now. Tina, you are such an inspiration to me and just appreciate you taking the time to be on our show. Oh, thank you, Allie. I love chatting with you always. I love talking about books and everything you are working on. (laughs) And thank you so much. This is a highlight for sure for (laughs) Pumping. Thanks, Tina. 